two dudes waiting in a four-hour login queue, this is the Max Level Podcast. Welcome home. For the uninitiated, Max Level is a weekly breakfast powwow brought to you by RPGera.com. I'm your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this morning, he is the host of the Media Files. Every single Friday, Bruce Worthy himself, it's Kyle. You are not worthy. You're not worthy. You're Fresh off his worthy. debut last night at All Out. <laughs> Man, what a dream that was. It was I had a I had a dream. I was a wrestler. Sean was there. Sean was, won the match. What was Sean's man, name? I can't. Who, who cares? That's not, This isn't about Sean. He's not worthy. <laughs> Did he win the match, though? He won the match, yeah. But it wasn't against you. No, it was. But, like, it was fine. It was part of the part of the whole storyline, right? Someone's okay, got to win. Yeah. Someone's got to win. Someone's got to lose. Yeah. I was flying off at of turnbuckles. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. There's, this guy came out wearing, I, t- I put a picture of it in, in Discord last night, but he came out wearing no shirt, kind of like a tall, lanky looking guy, and had like white pants on, and, and Sev's like, man, I got scared for a second. That was actually Kyle walking out. <laughs> Here he comes. <laughs> Special shout out to Occam's Laser for a majority of the music you hear today during the show. Go check him out wherever you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You won't be disappointed. Please take a moment to do us a favor and be so kind. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and a review. It really does help out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers. See what we're doing. And if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continue to listen to the episodes as they upload each week. Works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexax and Zanku. Speaking of Jexax, man, he uh, he is in our fantasy football league this year. Oh, is he? Suicide Jockeys. Oh, no, 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 no. That's Zanku. Thank you. I said the wrong name. That's okay. It is, it, it's Because I was confused. Yes. I was called, I thought he was somebody else. I was talking to him like he was that person. He's like, hey man, it's not me. I was like, oh geez. Jexax is not in the fantasy football league, but his friend and his friend's neighbor are. Oh, there you go. So, uh, Jexax's friend is Mando. Oh, okay. So, Did not realize um, that. Yeah, Mando is in the fantasy football league, and then Mando's neighbor is also in there. Gotcha. And Zanku had this like brilliant plan apparently going on. During the draft, he took 60 fantasy players and I was like dude what are you doing <laughs> yeah uh, he, well he uh he didn't know what he was doing was the problem <laughs> I think he said he does he's never played fantasy football before he hasn't, yeah um and I I like I didn't realize it until literally the second to last round and then he drafted another defensive player and then the last round he took another one and I looked and I was like dude you have six. Oh my god <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's gonna be fixing that I'm sure but I'm looking forward to fantasy football this year you know what stacked cast hopefully should be a should be a fun season yeah yeah we had a we had some fun going through the draft I, I auto drafted for the first like eight or nine rounds because I forgot what time I actually set the draft for over the weekend and I'm not disappointed dude with the team that I got just auto-drafted. Like, I ended up with Nick Chubb, which I'm happy about. Mm Mm-hmm. I ended up with Justin Herbert, which I'm super happy about. Like, Justin Jefferson was my number one pick, apparently, which I would have probably went with anyway, because, he, I mean, he's literally, if not the number one wide receiver in the top three or four, like, he, he would have been one of my first picks anyway if he was available. So, it seems to be the uh, the team I would have probably picked for myself anyway, so I can't complain. Sure. And then I got to trade with uh, Joe the Chode already as well, because he, you know, being a Dallas fanboy, yeah. he wanted that Cowboys defense, so. I uh, I sent him a fair trade though. I'm sure you saw it. We did a a three for three. Sure. I think uh, you know I sent him the Dallas defense, and then I also sent him. I'm actually looking now because I don't remember. I sent him uh, Darnell Mooney from the Bears and Damian Harris from the Patriots. Right. For and I just I took Indianapolis's defense from him, just like a, a swap for swap. But then I also ended up with Leonard Fournette and Juju Smith-Schuster. So yeah, I kind of balanced bad. it a little more in my favor because Dallas is probably like one of the top defenses in the league right now. But yeah, it was a fair trade. It was a fair trade. 
I'm sure we'll talk fantasy football throughout the uh, weeks and months as the season gets underway this week, as we are all, you know, it's myself, Kyle, Joe the Chode, Alex Messenger. Sean. Sean's in there, yeah. Anyone play Rust? That's uh, Sean's team name. <laughs> Frank's in there. Yeah, the Polkai Panthers are in there, and then, of course, uh, Zanku, as we mentioned. So, And then one of your friends and two of right. uh, Jexac's friends, so... Should be a fun season. I'm looking forward to it. But let's go ahead and jump into what's new with you. I can't get that high this morning in terms of my voice or just in general high. I haven't gotten high in a while as I'm staying clean at the moment for job related reasons. But um, I literally went to sleep like four hours ago and got up about 27 minutes ago. It's 1027 a.m. right now on the East Coast. I think I woke up like two or three minutes before 10 o'clock and messaged you like, all right, I'm outside with my dog now. I'll be down in a few. (laughs) (laughs) But I have been putting a lot of time into the only game that you and I are going to talk about this morning. And I talked about this somewhat last week, but not really like the actual game portion. I just was talking about like prep uh, for the actual release but we have been playing a lot when not sitting in queue of wrath of the lich king classic yeah we've been uh a lot of queue sitting mm-hmm. a lot of uh shatrath running and jumping and mounting mm-hmm. but a lot of getting ready for this uh, wrath of the lich king i'm excited no i am too you and i have mentioned previously that the burning crusade is probably in terms of just like lore and nostalgia factor maybe uh-huh. our favorite expansion i i think that it is for me um it still I is think, for me too i think it's got the most amount of like you said nostalgia and lore all kind of combined to make a really really cool storyline just a fun expansion to play through i think wrath of the lich king is a close second the wrath zones, of the lich king is definitely second yeah the zones the updates that they make to the play all the raids are well, not all the raids, but most of the raids are pretty fun. There is a lot of really good stuff happening in Wrath of the Lich King. I do also believe that in Wrath of the Lich King, that's when we start to get some some hints of World of Warcraft's downfall. There are small pieces of what's to come about things that I hate. And I've already noticed it in pre-patch. And it's little things, right? It's not things that ruined the game during Wrath of the Lich King, but those were the the gateway drugs to making a World of Warcraft that I'm not really such a fan of anymore. Uh, But that being said, Wrath of the Lich King is still a fantastic time. I think it's the second best overall expansion, a very close second to TBC. And I'm really excited to get into those zones. I think it's probably my favorite continent in the game, Northrend. Mine too. is a fantastic continent. I think the storyline. However, the ice- Pandaria is a close second for me in terms uh, of content. Man, continents. you know what? It's a, it's got fun content, but it's it's very. I don't know. I don't know. I like the capital city. I'll say that much. Oh my god, the capital cities, the zones on Pandaria, like. Mists of Pandaria gets a lot of flack, but dude, that expansion was fucking awesome. Yeah, it's got some good stuff to it. Absolutely, it was a, it was a it was a kind of a nice save after Kata. Yeah. And I didn't even hate Kata. I thought Kata's raids were incredibly fun. There's some good stuff there. Yeah. Yeah, there's some good stuff there. But Wrath of the Lich King is the expansion that I started taking raiding seriously. Like, it's the one that is most memorable for me in terms of raid content and and pushing content when it was current and and getting through these raids as quick as possible, you know, to kind of not compete for world firsts or anything like that, but just actually be competitive in the raid scene. Mm -hmm. And I am really looking forward to going through this content again with with you guys and your friends um you know i've since joined the horde guild that you're a part of and we're getting prepped for our first raid tonight actually it's still pre-patch so northrend isn't even out yet we're all just level 70 you and i are boosted idiots running around in the worst gear possible that blizzard gives you when they when you boost a character to 70 you and i you know spent spent the money to get the upgrade 
to get the level 70 boost and that what is it called like collective gear some shit like that yeah it's all i mean it's just awful awful it's garbage dude i can't believe they didn't at least give you like heroic dungeon blues or some shit like that like i'm surprised they they put you in the because i mean they knew everyone was going to come back for pre-patch and literally oh they know what they're gonna get their gear's gonna get replaced anyway yes so as soon as you level in northrend it's gonna get replaced by the time you go through their borean tundra howling fjord but um they could have at least gave you fucking heroic blues man because then you then you could have been at least somewhat competitive in the burning crusade raids that people are still running during the pre-patch because as mentioned you know we're doing our first raid tonight and we're starting out with zulamon and maybe doing karazhan if we have some time you and i are gonna struggle I mean, struggle in terms of, like, being useful at all, but I don't think we'll struggle in terms of an entire group get, getting through this dungeon. I think it'll actually go pretty darn quickly. Yeah, your buddies are pretty geared, and, you know, they definitely have been playing a significant amount during the actual Burning Crusade classic expansion. Right. But And they did nerf all of the raids, like, during the pre-patch, which is going to help us out quite a bit, but I'm just worried about us actually being useful and, you know, if we get hit we're gonna be dead in like one or two hits if, if even true. that so um but hopefully we'll be able to hold our own i, I think you and i are both good players and, and we know what we're doing so it shouldn't be that bad but i actually a little sidetrack here have been also you know I, I still play retail warcraft from time to time as well and I was talking to an old buddy of mine that I used to raid with back in the day, and, and he's with a new group now since our old team is no longer together. And they are going Horde on Thrall for Dragonflight. So I'm likely going to be playing Horde on both Retail and Classic now, which will be a first for me. Um, I, I don't usually play Horde. I, I'm generally Alliance when I play Warcraft. But we were talking, and I totally forgot that cross-faction PvE is a thing. Correct, yes. I actually completely forgot that existed in retail version now where the Horde and the Alliance can group up for dungeon content and raids. And Ian Hazacostas did say in an interview like literally last week that cross-faction guilds may be implemented by the time Dragonflight comes out. Right, yes. It's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I'll say that right off the bat. I, th- I think that just ruins a lot of the integrity of the game's structure. Um, I mean, Horde vs. Alliance is pivotal to a lot of the fun that I have in this game, and so not a fan of that personally. Well, that's part of the reason that Classic exists now, right? Like, because retail and Classic versions of Warcraft are, for the lack of a better way to put it, two completely different games. Like, right. retail has gone in a very specific direction to be more open to players, to be more user-friendly, to be easier, and it it really is. Like, you know, you don't have to think when you're playing retail. You can play with your eyes closed. Whereas Classic Warcraft still requires knowledge of the fights, knowledge of the game, knowledge of your class, knowledge of everything to survive and and do well. And I want to know, like, this is a conversation that we've had when Vanilla came out, you know, Warcraft Classic, and we also talked about this when Burning Crusade Classic was announced and came out. Where do they stop with Classic? I think it's this. I think Wrath of the Lich King is as far as they can go. I no longer think it is. I, well, I will, it's as far as I will go. Uh, I, I, I don't think that Cataclysm holds any sort of nostalgia or yearning to return. In fact, there were so many things I disliked about Cataclysm that I just don't want to see myself back in that again. Um, I didn't enjoy it then, which means I really won't enjoy it now, right? It will have aged very poorly, I think. Uh, maybe they go on from there. I don't think they do. I think that Wrath is as far as this goes the classic is only a success insofar as there are a dedicated group of people that play classic and that dedicated group is very dedicated but a lot of people come back subscribe for a few months and then leave and the servers dwindle to unsustainable levels and then we have a lot of problems uh but the dedicated few are there i don't know that those dedicated few are 
particularly hyped about Cataclysm anyways. I think we might get like a like a reboot of Vanilla again, a, a World of Warcraft classic. I think maybe that comes back and there are some changes after that, right? We actually get some changes to the Vanilla content and they try that out. I, I don't know what the answer is. But I don't think Cataclysm's the answer. I think they could go two routes here. And I think that they might explore both because really they're just trying everything to keep their subscriber bases as high as it can be right now. And I do think it'll see a spike when Dragonflight comes out because Dragonflight has been an absolute blast to play on the alpha. And like they're they're making some solid changes to the game. Like obviously they're they're doing shit that you know, people that like PvP are, are are not fans of, but those that like PvE content and just playing the game, there's a lot to like with Dragonflight. And the evokers are crazy fucking fun. But um, I sent you a screenshot of the Shadow Priest that was sitting in Stormwind the other night, like, casting this new spell that I had never seen before, where he had, like, all of these fucking shadowy versions of himself coming from him and, like, going toward all the different training dummies. And I was like, dude, this is, like, the coolest fucking spell art I've ever seen it in the game. It is neat, yeah. <laughs> it was so fucking tight. But uh, I think Blizzard has two choices, and I, I, I'm fully expecting them to maybe explore both. And maybe even three choices. So because they do the seasons of mastery, right? Like vanilla still has a season of mastery going on where those that just wanted to play classic Warcraft, classic vanilla Warcraft can do so. And once Wrath of the Lich King Classic officially releases on the 26th of this month, after a few months, they will ultimately put up a Burning Crusade season of Mastery, where those that just want to stay in Burning Crusade can do so. I guarantee you they're going to do that. I don't think they are. I think they're closing all Burning Crusade servers entirely. Everything gets rolled into Wrath. No, they are. They are. That's what they did when Vanilla rolled into Burning Crusade, but then no, they there opened were, up. There were there were vanilla specific servers that stayed open not from what i saw like yeah. all the servers rolled and then they started the season of mastery there was there was a choice to clone your character onto a regular vanilla server and leave him there and then you could you could take him into burning crusade but there were vanilla servers that stayed open when but those servers launched. no longer exist they no longer exist now that's correct but they did then so be, I think they probably rolled into the season of mastery servers right. then. Right. Okay. So what they'll do is start season of mastery burning crusade servers. I guarantee you they will. And once Wrath comes close to being done, I think there's what, five phases, six five phases, phases or yeah. some shit that they're going to roll through. We've got a solid two years. Yeah, roughly two years. I think Burning Crusade was About right around the same years. amount of time. Yeah, yep. right around the same amount of time, if not a little bit less than two years. But they will probably roll Wrath of the Lich King servers into Cataclysm. And then they will probably do a Wrath of the Lich King Season of Mastery. And, like, they're going to have these Season of Mastery servers open that are expansion-specific. And then I think once we get to a certain point, they will maybe do what we've talked about previously, and that is go a different direction with content as well. So that there effectively is two versions of the game. Right. One that's retail that, you know, encompasses everything they've done so far. But let's say... Let's say Wrath comes to a close and they announce a classic only expansion that is not Cataclysm that follows Wrath of the Lich King. Okay. What would you do? I mean, I'd play it. <laughs> of course. And I think a lot of people would too. Like, if they still did some of the, the, the stuff that made Cataclysm a somewhat good expansion, like not necessarily remaking the world, right? Because I know a lot of people, that's a touchy subject for them, you know, breaking certain zones and, and getting rid of certain content, like it, it, it kind of pissed some people off. But what Cataclysm did well was revamping the graphics and revamping the old zones. So let's say they just stick with that, revamp the zones, but not remake the zones, right? To where, you know, you're not splitting the barrens into a northern and southern barrens. You're not completely destroying dark shore you're not you know what i mean like lock modon still exists because the fucking dam didn't break you know what i mean like stuff like that happens and um maybe they explore some of these expansions that they had initially planned for base world of warcraft on retail that they never got around to that made sense back in the day but no longer do such as an Emerald Dream expansion. Now, I think I think what you're saying makes sense. 
I don't think that Activision makes sense, however. I don't think that they see things the way we do. But you know who does make sense? Microsoft. I I hope you're right. I would say Microsoft made sense, but man, this Halo Infinite bungle. <laughs> I, I can't say they do. I'm sorry. We're not talking about that during the lightning round later, but fuck. I really wanted to play co-op with you. I know, man. But I don't, I mean, that's that's more 343's fault than Microsoft's fault. Like, I don't know whose fault it is. No, I think, I don't know. I don't know. I they think 343 made a good that game. Fucking, they should have never taken that series away from Bungie, first of all. 343 made a good game. The game of Halo Infinite is good. The management of Halo Infinite is awful. So whoever's fault that is. We had some, we had some fun with, with Nick and Rob back when the first came out. We had a lot of fun. We played yeah, a lot had, of Halo We had Infinite. some fun. We did. We had some fun. But that was all multiplayer. We we really didn't touch the single player campaign. Though Justin did play through it and fucking loved it. So That's what I hear. I hear it's fun. But I think Microsoft does make sense, right? Like, they do business smart decisions and exploring some of these older expansion ideas that Blizzard had for the game back in the day that they just never went that route. And they effectively, I know it it splits the player base, and I know it effectively splits the game at that point, because if you release a really cool expansion after Wrath of the Lich King Classic that everybody wanted back in the day, you're going to lose a lot of retail players to your classic version at that point, because it's effectively a different game. But I also think that saves World of Warcraft as well, because the numbers have been on a decline right over the past few years, especially with Shadowlands and how awful of an expansion that turned out to be. Remember how excited we were when Shadowlands came out and we were all like, dude, I'm in Oribos now. I'm so fucking happy and excited. Like, this place is cool as hell. And it is a cool little looking city, but... Um, Man, those zones are just atrocious to get through in leveling. Yeah, they're awful. Yeah, they're not fun. Um, But you effectively have two versions of your game where... You know, they they just bought the Spellbreak team, right? Like, Spellbreak closed down. They they picked up that studio to help develop World of Warcraft for the future. You're seeing them revamp and, and kind of beef up their studios and beef up Blizzard in general. Right. I, I'm really, really thinking that might be the plan. Like, you have so many people now. Hopefully, they're all good developers, and hopefully, they know what the fuck they're doing. But you basically have two versions of World of Warcraft and classic work classic Warcraft sorry I'm really tired this morning basically becomes your WoW 2.0 I mean I would be like I said I remember talking about this you know a long time ago too but I would be totally okay with that because I like the classic experience much more than I like the retail experience and so if there's new content to explore on the classic framework I would be there yeah like classic doesn't add pandas right like I know I don't mind pandas I really don't but a lot of people do Right. And they don't get rid of the the focus on the Horde versus the Alliance, right? Like, they keep what makes the classic vanilla Burning Crusade, Wrath of the Lich King formula that players enjoy. They keep that intact and just take it now into different expansions, like an Emerald Dream expansion, like a South Seas expansion. I know South Seas eventually became Battle for Azeroth, right, with Kul and Zandalar. But there were rumors back during fucking the original Burning Crusade that before Northrend, we would do the South Seas next. Like, there's ways to do similar ideas that they did in retail, like Battle for Azeroth, but completely different and and do like an official South Seas expansion. Or like I said, the most popular one would be an Emerald Dream expansion because that was something that Blizzard was legitimately working on and just never put out. And I bet you a lot of that shit still exists. Well, I don't know if it still exists. The classic didn't exist until they had to freaking remake it from the ground up. So that's true. That's true. But I'm 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 almost hoping. I wish there was a way that like I could pitch that idea because it has to have it, somebody there has had to have had that idea. Oh, I yeah. I mean, they've got. It's it's all about the amount of work that they have to put into it, right? Is the amount of work going to pay off for them? The nice thing about Wrath of the Lich King for them is that the work is done. The content's made. They have the data already, right? All they have to do is implement it. There is... Now, obviously, I mean, there's some updating that has to be done to netcode, and, you know, they have to screw around with the servers and make us miss 
unanswerable. So, I mean, there is still work going on behind the scenes, but the all of the development is done. So would it be financially beneficial for them to actually develop new content for Classic WoW? I don't know. Maybe. Probably. If but it I don't drove know that a, it would be. If it drove a spike in subscriptions, then yes, right? Like... If you how many subscriptions though? How many subscriptions do they need to get in order to pay off the price of the development costs? That's the thing, and that's above my head. Like I don't quite know. But if it drove enough players to stay subscribed and come back and and resubscribe, because they could get on a nice formula, right? Like retail gets a new expansion in 2022. Well, I mean, they're really on on the same fucking timeline right now. Like both Wrath of the Lich King Classic and Dragonflight are coming out this year. But let's say they were able to stagger it, right? Like Dragonflight comes out in 2022. Let's say they make that a, a lengthier expansion, okay? So... It lasts until 2025, beginning of 2025, maybe like maybe somewhere in the first four to five months of 2025, because it's not coming out to like the end of November if leaks are to be believed. So maybe we get like two, two and a half years out of Dragonflight, which generally is not the case. We generally just get two years, a couple patches, a few new raid releases. But let's say they they extend it, because as long as they keep the content coming, players don't care if they extend the expansions like if they keep releasing raids every five to seven months and the content is fresh, the content is enjoyable, and from everything that I've seen with Dragonflight, it's everything that's there at the start is enjoyable. So if they can keep that flow going, they can stretch it out to like the first four, five, six months of 2025. So let's say Emerald Dream expansion comes out for Warcraft Classic in 2024, and then retail gets its 10.0 expansion or... I think this is 10.0, actually. Dragonflight is 10.0, so 11.0 expansion in 2025. And then Wrath Classic goes to 2020, right? They could go every other year at this point as long as they have enough developers to maintain that and to continue to develop content for both. That is a way to almost guarantee you never lose your players. I mean, theoretically, yes. Theoretically, I do think that that's a a sustainable business model for them. But this also may be just a huge pipe dream, especially considering that leak about the internal Blizzard development offices, you know, that we saw almost a year ago now. And this was before the Microsoft acquisition of, of Activision, but even still... Is World of Warcraft a sustainable model for them? You know, it's been on the downhill slide for many years now. Who knows how much they're going to get out of Dragonflight? I don't. Uh, but there's there's been a lot of talk that Dragonflight is going to be just it, right? And then it goes into maintenance mode. And I don't think that would be the case. I mean, yeah. I And it may not be, right? Microsoft may have a lot they've more they've already faith. said it's not. I mean, granted, they can say whatever. Right, they can say anything, yeah. I, I remember seeing within the past like few months that they're already working on the 11.0 expansion like what comes after dragonflight sure well they they did already work on moonglade too i mean that's true (laughs) that's true so i'm curious like because i remember seeing other expansions that like you know were rumored to happen for classic but i don't remember what they were and I, I I tried looking and it's too hard to fucking find at this point and it's too early to find but there was a report from earlier this week that said that most Blizzard games are eventually going to make it onto the Xbox Game Pass subscription I service. I did see that yeah we don't have that in the lightning round either. Do you think that that includes a World of Warcraft subscription? That'd be sick Does a WoW sub get rolled into the Game Pass sub? There are no other s- subscription based games on Game Pass currently. There are not. And that would be a massive boost to the player base. I think so. And even what if they gave you the option, right? Like a World of Warcraft subscription is $15 a month still. Right. Game Pass Ultimate is $16 a month, right? Right. And they've never increased the price at all. At least not yet. What if they do stick a Warcraft subscription in there, but at a discounted rate from what you pay Blizzard now each month? What if they go from 16 to 25 and it includes a Warcraft subscription? Then I'm saving five bucks. Yeah, you're saving stonks, five bucks baby. and you're probably going to fucking upgrade. Yeah, that's stonks. Hell yeah. Like, that would be smart, right? Like... 
And oh, I think, like yeah. I said, that would be a dramatic increase to your player base. Even if you're not paying 15, you know, you're getting $9 a month from players now, which is a fair price for a MMO subscription in 2022 still, or 2023 by the time that happens. But you look at how many people subscribe to Game Pass and how many people would be enticed to upgrade to a, a maybe $25 a month tier that included a Warcraft expansion. You're talking millions of players that could potentially jump into Warcraft. Craft. And that is likely enough to save your game. Well, the game, I mean, it, it's people come and go all the time, but that could be enough to literally sustain for another 12 plus years. Sure. Absolutely. There's a lot of things that could happen here over the next few years. Now that, you know, Dragonflight's about to release, the acquisition of Activision Blizzard is about to be done for Microsoft. Classic's going to be in a weird state with Wrath of the Lich King out and who knows what comes next. Like, there's a lot of shit that I'm really interested to see what they do and where they go. I mean, I'm so invested. So many years, so much money spent in the universe at this point, And I love the lore. And I have so much nostalgia for it that it's something that I'm almost for sure if they do anything besides Kata I'll probably be back in it yeah so you'll hear Kyle and I talking a lot about uh, Wrath Classic I'm sure over the next several months and years as we uh, become full-time raiders in in Wrath Classic so look forward to that but that was lengthy (laughs) I think that's enough on (laughs) Wrath Classic (laughs) let's jump into a little Sean Waltman lightning round We have some shorter news stories to get through today. This shouldn't take too long. This wasn't a very newsworthy week. And we also touched on several stuff there during the uh, Wrath Classic discussion, like the Halo Infinite news and, um, you know, some of the other stuff that we mentioned that I'm forgetting about already. So I didn't pull those for the lightning round anyway, but there's not a super lengthy stuff to go over here, so... Shouldn't take too long. My narrow begins right now. Sony Interactive Entertainment has entered into an agreement to acquire Berlin-based developer Savage Game Studios under its newly created PlayStation Studios mobile division, which will operate independently from its console development and focus on, quote, innovative on-the-go experiences, end quote, based on new and exciting PlayStation franchises. Savage Game Studios was founded in June 2020 by a team with many years of experience in developing some of the most popular mobile games enjoyed by players around the world, including to the, uh, according to the studio. I have no idea what they developed though. The studio is already working on an unannounced AAA mobile live service action game. Mobile live service action game. Woohoo! Yeah, good for them, I guess. Probably not yeah. something I'll play. Yep. Um, but I do like that Sony is expanding their market share, right? Like going outside of just PlayStation consoles, releasing their games on PC now in a, in a somewhat timely manner. Granted, it still takes like a year or two to get the PC ports, but they are coming to PC now. They're exclusive games. And shit, yeah, carve out a mobile portion. Nintendo does, and they do it quite well. From Software has issued new shares of its stock to Tencent Holdings and Sony Interactive Entertainment. Through the third-party allotment, allotment, through the third-party allotment, Tencent now owns 16.25% of literally everything on the planet, uh, including shares <laughs> of From Software, while Sony owns 14.09% of shares, totaling 30.34% of the company. Katakawa Corporation remains the largest shareholder of the company, with 69.66% of the shares. You know, Tencent could stop buying things, and I would be okay with that. Um, Sony could probably stop buying minor stake in things, and that would be okay too because it's not doing them any good it almost makes me wonder if sony has plans to maybe eventually scoop from software right i mean if they wanted to do it they probably should have done it before elden ring yeah that would have been the smart time to do it or right after when they saw how fucking popular it was right um but also you know this this is probably purely a financial and only a not an industry move for them just a financial move sony is notoriously poor with their money they notoriously make very very little money off of playstation and sometimes lose money on playstation that entire division has not been entirely successful historically and so i think that you know finding companies that are doing well investing in them buying some of their shares probably just a way to keep that revenue moving that or just increase the price of your console like they did everywhere else besides the united states i mean well yes but that's also ridiculous inflation and awful you know packaging and everything else (laughs) 
Aquirus has announced Horizon Chase 2. It will launch first for Apple Arcade the day this podcast drops, followed by all major consoles and PCs sometime in 2023. Horizon Chase 2 is a classic, fast-paced, and accessible arcade racing game with a unique art style, thrilling soundtrack, and online multiplayer for all game modes. Bedroth is a big fan of this series, actually. I've, I'm not even, like, familiar with it at all. Horizon Chase Turbo? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you don't remember that one? That just came out like a year or two ago? Nope. It's like a synthwave racing game. I said no. I it's, it's, I'm just kidding. It's pretty It's pretty fun. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, you know, racing games just aren't my thing. Yeah, because it's uh, kart racing. Uh, during a Mafia 20th anniversary developer interview, Hangar 13 confirmed that a new entry in the Mafia series is currently in development, but more details cannot be shared at this time as it is currently a few years away. They also confirmed that Mafia the game is free to pick up right now on Steam. It is. Yeah. yeah, so if you don't know, uh, you can go grab it. The remake, right? Uh, no, I don't think it's the remake. I think it's the original, like the definitive the ori- edition of the original. It, but I think, oh, I was going to say, I think that's the remake, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't I know. Wrong. But maybe I'm wrong, Brian. Yeah, that could be too. We, we have no idea. We had no clue what the hell we're talking we're, about. We're just speculating now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Square Enix has announced Voice of Cards, The Beasts of Burden, the third game in the Voice of Cards series following the Isle Dragon Roars and the Forsaken Maiden. It will launch for PC, PS4, and Nintendo Switch next week on September 13th. Voice of Cards, The Beasts of Burden brings players to an illustrated world presented through the medium of cards as the third release in the Voice of Cards franchise, now giving players the ability to trap the monsters they defeat in cards to use them as skills in battle. Follow a new tale set in a world where a millennia of hatred rages between monsters and humans, and a girl who loses her home swears revenge on monsters. She joins hands with a mysterious boy as they set out into the unknown and unravel the fate of this broken world. And this next paragraph is information that I don't think I quite knew about Voice of Cards and makes me want to play all three of these games now. This truly unique gaming experience brings back the creative minds behind the previous Voice of Cards games, beloved Nier series and Drakengard series, including creative director Yoko Taro, known for Drakengard and Nier, music director Kaichi Okabe from Drakengard 3 and Nier, and character designer Kimihiko Fujisaka from Drakengard. I didn't fucking know those were the guys behind Voice of Cards, dude. Okay, I, I'm i not sure that I knew that either, but I do know that these games are really, really well received by the community. Everybody that plays these loves these games. It's because of Yoko Taro, dude. I'm telling you, he is a mastermind developer. You're finally getting to experience that as you chip away at Nier Automata. Like, what they do in, in that division, it's not really a division of, like, they don't actually work for Square, but they, they basically, all their, their shit gets published by Square. But, like, that team is just... Just geniuses, man. And they do such weird shit. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, uh, he's a freaking weirdo, but he makes good games, right? I mean, he sure does. They know what they're doing and they have a niche carved out in a gaming industry. And I, I feel like they're the only ones doing what they're doing. After disappearing for several years, developer ASCIISoft has released a brand new 10-minute gameplay video of the upcoming free DLC for Katana Zero. The footage showcases a small slice at the first level and highlights some of the new features and music fans can expect. I want to I want to take you back real quick, Brian, to the final episode of 2019. The the oh, yes. the level down the glory games. Days. The Level Down Games Awards for 2019. And the way that we did the awards Uh that year is each of us presented our top three for the year, if you recall. And you and I came with the top three, the same top three, just in a different order. I remember that. And Katana Zero was in the top three for both of us. It was. Yeah. This was I, I had it a at magical th- game, dude. I think I had it at number two for the year. I think you had it at number three for the year. I did. Um, I may have had it at number one for the year if I'm, I actually, uh, but at any rate, both, both of us came with the three games of Katana Zero, Fire Emblem Three Houses, and Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. And Death Stranding won. Death Stranding won. And, and it was, and I think looking back, looking back at, at me, me <laughs> I see that I- <laughs> that we never really got it right. I think uh, should have been looking, Zero. No, I think looking back, Death Stranding was probably the correct no, winner I, there. And I think was. any of those three games could have won that year. I think the game I spent the most time on was Fire Emblem, but the because game that the I longest. hold the game that I hold closest and most dearly now is Katana Zero. I've played through that game multiple times. I still absolutely love it. I'm so hyped that this is actually coming to fruition and it's going to be free to boot for people that own the game so i'm i'm very very excited about this it's been over three years and they 
when they when, when Katana Zero launched, dude, like it says, you know, this isn't the end, right? More more DLC coming soon or whatever, and then they just fell off the face of the earth. So I am glad that they are finally showcasing this DLC and that it is going to be coming out for free. And I'm looking forward to playing through it. Well, I have a feeling that this is probably a DLC that got much bigger than the original scope, and that's what's taken so long. But who knows? I hope. I mean, that's wishful thinking, right? This is going to be massive. Yeah. A couple, you know, another four or five hour type thing. Hell yeah. I'd be totally in. And again, it's free. So I'm looking forward to it. Exceed Games will release Trinity Trigger for PS5, PS4, and Nintendo Switch for North American and European audiences in early 2023. Trinity Trigger features a star-studded group of RPG developers, including world-building artist Yuki Nobutero from Secret of Mana, and correct me if I say any of these names wrong, character designer Raeta Kazama from Xenoblade. We'll take it. Right, uh, scenario writer Yura Kubuto from... Kubota. Or Kubota, Kubota. Yep, there you go. From Octopath Traveler. And composer Hiroki Kakuda from Secret of Mana, which I'm stoked about. Yeah, I'm fucking stoked about that, dude. Trinity Trigger is an all-new action role-playing game combining the look and feel of iconic RPGs of the 90s with an emphasis on fast-paced, customizable combat. Players take control of three young heroes as they attempt to defy fate and save the continent of Trinitia. Trinitia, maybe. Accompanying them are the Triggers, strange creatures with the unique ability to transform into eight types of weapons that players must master if they hope to be successful on their quest. Whether playing alone or with, a, or with up to two friends via local co-op, explore diverse biomes and dungeons, strategize to exploit enemy weaknesses, and change your destiny. I'll play this. Yeah, I figured you would. Yeah, this is something I'll play. I won't. I know you won't. And that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. Sev will. Sev will. He'll have it number one on Thunderdome that quarter when it comes out. Yeah, and ruin my Thunderdome all over again. (laughs) As is tradition. We need a balance. We need Sean or Dan to come back for Thunderdome. We really do. September's free games should be available for Xbox and PlayStation fans by the time this episode posts. Starting with Microsoft and games with gold, users download can download God's Will Fall and Double Kick Heroes for Xbox One and on Xbox 360 and playable via backward compatibility. Saints Row 2 and Portal 2 will be available. Good games. Moving yeah, good games. on and to There's Sony. a reason there's good games. You'll, you'll get to it at the end. Right. Moving on to Sony and PlayStation Plus, essential users can download Toem for PlayStation 5 and for PlayStation 4 Grand, Grand Blue Fantasy versus and Need for Speed Heat. Extra and premium users will have access to the following new additions to the game catalog. Alex Kidd in Miracle World DX, Deathloop, and Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game on PS5, as well as Assassin's Creed Origins, Chicory A Colorful Tale, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2, Rabbids Invasion, the interactive TV show, which I think Sev just bought a like a hard copy of two weeks ago, I think, weirdly I think enough. he might have. I think he might have. Raymond Legends, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the game Complete Edition, Spiritfarer Farewell Edition, and Watch Dogs 2 on PlayStation 4, and premium users will have access to the following classic catalog editions for PS1, Siphon Filter 2 for PS3, Bentley's Hack Pack, The Sly Collection, and Sly Cooper Thieves in Time, and for PSP, Kingdom of Paradise and Toy Story 3. In other news, Microsoft revealed that September is going to be the last month that Games with Gold offers Xbox 360 titles for subscribers, and starting in October, more Xbox One titles will take their place instead. Yeah, this this free game's definitely expanded now with the release of the PlayStation tier and, and them announcing what's going to be coming for the, uh, you know, game catalog and classic catalog and shit. Like, I want to make sure we include all that info. So this this little segment here definitely expanded a bit. <laughs> And it's no longer it's no longer fair to say which one is better, but it's it's good. It's good. right. This is the first month I feel like that we're actually getting big additions to the PlayStation Plus catalog, which is a good thing. I've been waiting for that to happen up until this point. I, I feel like they've just been treading water. Deathloop, uh, Chicory, um, Spiritfarer, like that just left Game Pass. So that's cool that it's coming to PlayStation now. Right. And which then, I loved. Yeah. No. Great. Game. I loved Spiritfarer. Yeah. Great game. But Chicory that's I haven't why, played and Toem I haven't played. I'm going to download both of those. That's why we're getting Saints Row 2 and Portal 2, though, for Xbox 360. Like, they went out with a bang, especially with Portal 2. Like, Ooh, they, they really one. put some of their best 360 titles that they didn't publish available to download for free because this is the last month that you can get 360 games. And, and, you know I, what? and I think that's I, fair, right? That's I, fair. I think I'm actually probably going to download and play through Portal 2 again with my kid. Yeah, he'll probably enjoy that. And I'm yeah. sure Frank will probably download it for the 100th time and probably. play it again. Yeah, It's a it's sure. a masterpiece of a game, 10 out of 10. It's a good game. It's, it's a, a good game. It's a, it's a great game, Brian. How dare you? <laughs> it's a good game. <laughs> it's a fantastic game, Brian. How dare you? Yeah, it's pretty good. This is why you're not worthy. 
NIS America will host NIS America Showcase 2022 on September 7th at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. British time. The showcase will feature four new game announcements, a handful of updates, and a post-show with an in-depth look at upcoming games launching soon. September 7th is Wednesday, so tomorrow if this podcast posts when it should. And I've considered, do I just watch the showcase and, and talk about it during Discord since I'll be at work? Or do I hold off and do a reaction after I get off work? And I'm leaning more toward just watching it when it happens and, and chatting about it and because it's, you know, that's several fucking hours after the fact. And I really want to know what they announce here. <laughs> so I may just actually watch this when it happens and, and talk about it in Discord. The reaction videos don't mean much anymore anyway, except for those that are in the Discord server. So I likely will just kind of pay attention to this while I'm doing some work and, and have this up on the side. But I'm excited to see what NS America reveals for their new game announcements. They're, they're usually just localization announcements. Fairly certain Disgaea 7, the English version, will be announced here. And if we're lucky, we'll get a release date for Trails to Azure, right? The one that comes after Trails from Zero. The one that actually has two in the name that you complained about. Um, that was their fault. Yeah, it was their that fault. wasn't my fault. Yeah, no, I know. But I'm I'm hoping we get an announcement of like, because we already know there's three Legend of Heroes games coming next year with Azure and then the next mainline game and then the offshoot game. But there's already like two or three additional Legend of Heroes games that are out in Japan that have not been re uh, revealed to be coming to English yet. I'm hoping we get an announcement of one of those, but they may not because they still have such a full slate for 2023 in the Legend of Heroes. So I, re I really don't know what else they're going to they're going to announce. And, and that's kind of exciting. It doesn't make any sense for them to do that just because nobody's going to play them and they'll make no money and nobody cares about them. But it got number one on Thunderdome. That's no didn't happen. Not my Thunderdome. It did, though. It did. <laughs> Not my Thunderdome. <laughs> we got a couple of release dates to confirm. The Outbound Ghost comes out on September 21st, which I'm excited about. Shovel Knight Dig. There you go. Releases on September 23rd. And Victoria 3 releases on October 25th. To our friends over at Yacht Club, shoot us a shoot us a code for that game. We'll bump the score up one notch, you know. <laughs> bump it up from a. I don't know, that game's probably gonna review pretty well. I, I was gonna assume. give it like a nine, anyways. This is <laughs> yeah, that game's gonna review pretty well. I freaking love Shovel Knight, man. I freaking love Shovel Knight. I love the world. I love the characters. I love all of the games. It's so much fun. It's a good game. It's a great Brian. <laughs> It's enjoyable. <laughs> it's a fantastic game. No, it is. I love Shovel Knight. I really do. You didn't play Showdown last year, did you? I didn't, no. That game was nutty. It was fun. Yeah. It was hard as hell, too. We got one delay, unfortunately. Uh, the Jet Set Radio-inspired game, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, has been delayed to summer 2023. I'm actually looking forward to that. I'm sad do that Do you think there's a, there's a genre of music called cyberfunk? Um, if there's not, why there, not? There has, there has to be, right? If there's not. Do you think we're sitting on a gold? Or we're going to put this idea out into the ether? A listener's going to hear it, create a new genre. Millionaires, you could let's be get on it first. The creator of that genre. Why don't you start the cyberfunk genre? The cyberfunk genre. Yeah, I, I'm sure what? you could do it, dude. I I mean, I can hear Bruce it in my Worthy head right dropping now. his new album. Bruce, dude, it's such a, it's such a good name, Bruce Worthy. <laughs> oh my gosh, could you? Imagine? Not only is he a professional wrestler, he is a cyberfunk artist. Maybe that's what the dream was actually about. <laughs> Wrestling the music industry down to its knees. Maybe. Bruce Worthy's debut album. Winning <laughs> Grammys. <laughs> that's your lighting round for this week. This is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast, The Media Files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download The Media Files wherever you download podcasts, and remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. And you know what that music means. It's time for the new release roulette. And we don't have a, a super hefty release week this, this week, but there's a couple interesting things coming out. Um, starting with game number one, coming on Tuesday. The PC, PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and it will be playable via Xbox Game Pass. It's Disney Dreamlight Valley. Disney Dreamlight Valley is a hybrid between a life sim and an adventure game, rich with quests, exploration, and engaging activities featuring Disney and Pixar friends, both old and new. I'm going to play it. I probably won't, but I'll download it for my kids to play it and then mock it from like 20 feet away. <laughs> 
Dude, if, it, if it's anything like Animal Crossing, it's then not. I'll, I'll, I know, but <laughs> it I'll give be. it a shot. We'll see how it goes. I'll give it a shot. I might not stick with it, but I'll give it a shot. Game number two coming on Tuesday to PC. It's Railbound. Railbound is a comfy track-bending puzzle game about a pair of dogs on a train journey across the world. Connect and sever railways across the world to help everyone reach their homes and solve over 150 clever puzzles ranging from gentle slopes to twisted passageways. This is one of the games we saw during Summer Game Fest that I fell in love with. Yeah, this looks really freaking great. Have you ever played uh, Connect to... What's it called? Connect Together? Is that what it's called? The no, I played Connect 4. Not con- no, damn it, Brian. Uh, I think it's called Connect Together. It's a train game on the Switch. And it regularly goes on sale for one cent. No, I don't think I've played it. It's so much fun, man. For a penny, it's so fun. You like, it's just a, there's trains going around a track and you have to switch the tracks so that they don't crash. That's basically what this is. Dude, it's so much fun and that's what this reminds me of. This one, you actually have to lay the tracks down and that game you don't, but it, uh, this looks cute, man. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be keeping an eye on this. I might actually pick it up depending on the price and, you know. It looks fun. 150 puzzles. That's a that's a decently lengthy game for this type of idea as well. So we'll see. There's a developer playing it live right now on Steam. Oh, wow. Yeah, it looks fun. I've seen a lot of people like I think they sent out some like early release keys. I, I've seen a few people playing it. So it looks kind of fun. It does. Game number three coming on Thursday to PC, PS5, and Xbox Series. It's Steel Rising. Enter an alternative history where a tyrant king is choking Paris with an army of robotic soldiers. As Aegis, the queen's mechanical bodyguard, you will string together dodges, parries, jumps, and devastating attacks as you cut a path through all the plotting to put an end to one of man's... To... To... Oh, to one man's madness, sorry. So that the French Revolution succeeds in this action RPG. I'm still interested in this. I'm not, but keep going. Yeah, I'm still interested in this. Like, if I can send, because this week there's another game coming out as well, and and I'm not buying either one of these two, but, you know, Gamefly recently updated where you can game lock games literally seven days before they release. If I can get both Last of Us Part 1, which I'm going to just blitz through the main story of that, it it won't take long, and I'm nearing the end of Saints Row, the reboot, if I can send both of those back, I'm going to try to get Steel Rising to ship. I'd like to check it out. I say... Go for it. Let me know how it is. Stream it. RPG era, twitch.com slash RPG era. That's not us. The RPG era is us. Who's RPG era? I don't know. Some, Some idiot that has our name. Idiot in his basement. No. Can't get it. I tried. <laughs> Game number four coming on Friday to PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, and Xbox One. It's NBA 2K23. Rise to the occasion and realize your full potential in NBA 2K23. Prove yourself against the best players in the world and showcase your talent in my career or the W. Pair today's all-stars with timeless legends in my team. Build a dynasty of your own as a GM or lead the league in a new direction as the commissioner and in my NBA, which is kind of cool. Take on NBA or WNBA teams and play now and experience a true-to-life gameplay. How will you answer the call? Remember Sean and I jumping into 2K22 last year? Yeah, you guys played that for like two weeks and Sean couldn't figure out how to jump shoot or something. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's like, I can't figure it. I jump up, I come down, travel. <laughs> I don't know basketball. <laughs> how do I shoot the ball? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just running around the city. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking funny. I don't know that I'll play this one, but that that my NBA mode sounds kind of cool where you can become the commissioner. Like, that sounds kind of dope. That is kind of cool, yeah. yeah those, you dope. know those management, sports management sims are freaking the rage, man. People love those games. F1 manager, man. Heck yeah. The football manager. All those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Last game this week, game number five coming on Friday to Nintendo Switch, Splatoon 3. Enter the Splatlands, a sun-scorched desert inhabited by battle-hardened Inklings and Octolings. Splatsville, the city of chaos, is the adrenaline-fueled heart of this dusty wasteland. Even in this desolate environment, turf war reigns supreme and battle rages in new stages located in the surrounding wilds. Dynamic new moves help these fighters dodge attacks and cover more ground, along with a new bow-shaped weapon to sling ink. Join Agent 3 in a fight against the unruly Octarians in story mode. Discover the secrets of Alterna, the fuzzy ooze, and how they connect to the mode's theme, Return of the Mammalians. Team up and fend off waves of dangerous Salmonid bosses in the next iteration of Salmon Run, a co-op mode with new, fresh features. Um, or fresh new features as it's written. I think I've decided this is the game I currently have game locked on Gamefly. I am not going to buy Splatoon 3 because I never stick with them. So I've decided to just rent it and play it for a few weeks and send it back. 
See, this is a game that I th I think I could get into, but I but I won't because nobody else I know really is into it. I think if people I knew played Splatoon 3 a lot, I would probably get into it more. Um, I will say, I am really looking forward to the soundtrack of this game. Me because too, the dude. They're always fucking great. The, the soundtracks to these games are amazing. They are wild, and I freaking love them. They're good workout music, so I, I'm at least looking forward to that. Yeah, these soundtracks are always great. I'm pretty sure Bedroth and I will probably even do a spotlight episode on the soundtrack for BG Mania in the next few weeks because... They're just so much fun, and they're so addicting. <laughs> they're really fun to listen to, so keep an eye out for that. In terms of scoring the highest and lowest, I'm going with Splatoon 3 to score the highest this week. Yep, I'm taking and Splatoon 3. Still Rising's the lowest for me. I'm going to go with Disney Dreamlight Valley as the lowest. Okay, bold choice. I'm going to go with that, just to be a little different. Pick of the week, though, for me is Railbound. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. <laughs> I like that. I might pick this one up, honestly. I think it's yeah. cool. I think so, too. I think I'm going to go with Railbound as my pick of the week this week. It looks real fun. That's a new release for that. All right. Well, let's let's move on here quickly. We don't really have a main discussion this week, but this Saturday is Ubisoft Forward, and there has been some information coming out that, you know, what can we expect? What can we kind of, you know, assume to see here? And, and we all kind of knew that Assassin's Creed was going to be a, a major focus of this Ubisoft Forward, so much so that, you know, the, the next Assassin's Creed did leak, and they talked about, like, this, you know, uh, it's like an Iraqi-type setting, right? I think, if I'm remembering correctly. It is, it's going back to a middle Eastern setting, yeah, reminiscent of Assassin's Creed 1. Yes, and they're kind of tying it into one as well, and they're even if the leaks are to be believed as part of the season pass, they're going to be remaking Assassin's Creed 1 and, and putting that out as a standalone game, kind of like they did with some of the other Assassin's Creeds for recent season passes, but because this leak did come out, and I think this pretty much confirms that leak to be true, Ubisoft did reveal that the next game is called Assassin's Creed Mirage and put out some artwork for it and, and said we can expect to see more this Saturday at Ubisoft Forward. So I, th I think that's still going to be a pretty major focus, and I I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Assassin's Creed Mirage. I really am. I am too. I, I liked 1 and 2, dude. 1 and 2 were great fucking games. I completely agree. And I then Black those... Flag was good. Black Flag was good, which I, was 4. I didn't play it because I hated 3 so much. And then the new arc that started with Origins and then went into Odyssey and then went into Valhalla... We're really good as well. Bores me to tears, though. Maybe. They, they do. Well, no, they do. They do. They bore me to tears. These open world, <laughs> something to collect and dig up around every corner. The graphics are always jankity jankers, and the story is weaker. Is It's just, these games bore the snot out of me. I understand that they're, they're fun and immersive and long. There's huge. There's so much things to do. But I'm bored by them. I'm bored by them. I liked the first, like eight hours of Valhalla because it's it's structured you're in boats and you're raiding these little English villages it was dope dude the opening sequence to that game was dope as it's hell very cool and then and then you are back in Norway or wherever I can't remember I'm, I'm offending people now and Scandinavia yeah and you are playing that stupid dice game <laughs> I had so much fun with that game, and then all of a sudden, the world becomes massive, and I was like, well, guess I'll never play this again, <laughs> and that was that. That was the last time I played that game, was when the world opened up, and I got so bored, I sailed around a little bit, and then I got bored. I'm pretty sure Viz is boarding a plane right now, ready to come fight you. Oh, I'm, I know. This is like his, this is his dream. Assassin's Creed, everything, right? See, I, nobody listens to the media files, but if they did, they would know that a few weeks ago we talked about uh, the the movie Prey, which is that yeah. Predator prequel movie, which was dope. And if you haven't seen it, go watch it because that movie's tight. But they're, I think they're going to start doing kind of what like Assassin's Creed does, right? Where they go through like different time periods and make movies based like historically with the Predator. Anyways, I man, didn't I you got, do an episode on the Northman? Yeah, that movie was pretty freaking good too. I remember that episode. I had yeah, it. I was talking to Lindsay yesterday about what my movie of the year would be so far. You know what it is? Um, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Not Alvin and the Chipmunks. You're thinking Chippendale Rescue Rangers. That one, yes. <laughs> but no, that one was really good too. It's Top Gun, baby. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Man, it's awesome. It, Top Gun was freaking incredible. Anyways, what were we talking about, Ubisoft? I, you know what? 
the last like four Ubisoft four, I, what do they call them? Ubisoft forwards? Yes. The last four of them I've watched, there's not been a single thing that I've been hyped about except for Writer's Republic and then I never played it. So I, I'm not sure that there's anything here that I'm like super looking forward to in the Ubisoft forward. I do think we'll probably get more Skull and Bones. Much oh, to Sean Sean's will be excited. Yeah. Yeah. Sean will be, he's ready to don his pirate hat, dude, and sail, uh-huh. the, sail the seven seas and become a, become a bloodthirsty buccaneer. Like, and I he, think that he's, we'll he's ready. obviously get a huge, a huge deep dive into this new Assassin's Creed game. Is there anything else you're really expecting? Yes, actually. I think Let's we're going to see two things. I think we Don't finally see, see the. We're not going to see Beyond. We're not. Good we're not going to see Beyond Good and Evil okay, Two. Good. We're not going to see that. No, we're not going to see that. But I do think we actually see the final, not final, the first official reveal of the Splinter Cell remake. Whatever they're doing, right? Right. I think we're finally going to see that okay. because it's been a minute and they like to showcase shit early. So I think we'll finally see what we can expect with whatever they're doing next for Splinter Cell. But I also think we're going to get a surprise here as well, because that's something we already know about. Like a lot of Ubisoft games, because they get announced so soon, we do already kind of know what's in the pipeline and what's coming. But I also think we're going to finally see Watch Dogs 4 or whatever they end up calling it. Okay, see, and you're not doing anything for me here. Like when I when I hear those things, I'm just like, sweet, (laughs) cool. And I'm going to watch this. Like I'm going to tune into this. I'm I'm going to react live to it. This is on a Saturday, so I'll be live on YouTube.com forward slash RPG era for this. Tune in. I'll be I'll be in the chat. Yeah, you'll be there. I'll be posting the I, whatever whatever uh, I'm I'm bad for things like this. I I should be like more hyped just for just for like press purposes, right? Like we're we're an outlet. Like I should be on there. Like oh my gosh, Watch Dogs Nine. Like I can't wait to watch dogs. I don't even I've never played any of the games. I don't know what I you can't do. Wait but. to watch dogs. <laughs> But I can't help myself if something doesn't excite me. I'm like, I'm sorry. That's just that's just not my not my thing. And so I always post those ZZZ emotes. I, I will say if they if they show like an extended trailer for uh, Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope. That's a given, I think. Yeah, then I, I'll be excited for that because, man, I'm I'm ready for that game. But I don't know. Maybe they don't, though. Maybe they don't show Sparks of Hope because if rumors are to be believed and a Nintendo Direct is on the horizon because there for the last six years, there has always been an early September Nintendo Direct, whether it's in the first week or the second week of September, there has always been a Nintendo Direct that is hit within the first like week or two of the month. So maybe they don't step on their toes. Maybe they do that there. But I, I fully expect to see Mario Rabbids here as well. I uh, I do think we have a Nintendo Direct coming up probably next week. I do want to say also that I will be a lot less focused on the news coming out of this Ubisoft forward and much more focused on the news coming out of D23, the Disney Expo, where we're going to be getting video game news as well, plus a lot of movie and TV show and comic book news, lots of trailers dropping that day. That's on Friday, right? That's on Friday. It's the whole weekend. But I think the actual Marvel Games Showcase, Uh, it's it's Friday. Yeah, I'm looking at my calendar right here. Friday at 4 p.m. my time. Yeah, I think a lot of the trailers and stuff are all going to drop Friday and then more news will trickle out as the weekend progresses. But uh, that's I think that's going to be by far the the bigger and more hype event over the weekend. Yeah. So tune in. Like I said, I will be live YouTube.com forward slash RPG era for Ubisoft forward. I won't be live for the Marvel thing because I'll still be at work. And if there is a Nintendo Direct reveal, I won't watch it when it happens. I will save that and react to that after because that's something that I want to have a reaction video up for. I think that's more important than the NAS America Showcase, but I might even decide to do the NAS America Showcase. I don't know. Tune into Discord. I'll, I'll keep updates in there. But Kyle, you know what that music means. It is time for a little Kickstart My Heart. And this week, we are doing a massive Kickstarter campaign that does not need any help. I just want to bring highlight to it. I'm not going to read this because it is two games in one Kickstarter campaign. We are getting the kind of like, what, what are these called? Uh, spiritual, spiritual successors. successors. Yes, yes, yes that's go. the word that I was trying to think of. These are the spiritual successors to the Wild Arms franchise and the Shadow Hearts franchise. Same team working on both these games, I think, right? I'm pretty sure. Uh, Maybe not. I think it actually might be two teams working on these. But anyway, yeah, they are. Uh, Wild Bunch Productions and Yukikazi? Yukikazi, I think is how you would say that. Sure. Y-U-K-I-K-A-Z-E. Kaze. Um, Yeah, Yukikaze. But so, so we're getting Armed Fantasia to the end of the wilderness, which is basically Wild Arms. 
and Penny Blood, which is basically Shadow Hearts. Again, this doesn't need any help. And this is a massive Kickstarter campaign. There's so much information here. It would take me literally 20 or 30 minutes to go through. And if you like Wild Arms, if you like Shadow Hearts, this is something to look into. It's a pretty pricey Kickstarter campaign. In order to get a copy of the game, you need to pledge like a, a decent amount of money. It's like 50 and you only bucks, get one. Think, yeah. yeah, but that's only for one. You can pick which one you want to get for the like the $42 or whatever it is. If you want both games for the Kickstarter campaign, you need to pledge, I think it's $80. Yeah, for, and that's for two digital copies, yes. Yeah, for one digital copy of, of, of Armed Fantasia and one digital copy of Penny Blood. Like, you, you're picking and choosing what you want to get here in this campaign. For $42, you can pick one of these games. If you want both, you have to jump up to like 80 bucks. So it is a very pricey Kickstarter campaign, but I'm, I'm totally in. Like, this is this is something that I've always wanted them to do. Obviously, I think it's a crying fucking shame that Sony let Wild Arms disappear. And, you know, Shadow Hearts is never super popular anyway, but it's super cool that that's coming back as well. They were looking for 712,000 US dollars, and they're already at 1.2 million and, and still climbing with 25 days to go. This is a, a massive, successfully Kickstarter. Like, I think everybody knew it would be. Like I said, there is so much info here. Go to kickstarter.com, look up Armed Fantasia and Penny Blood, and check this out. Because if you like these series, you're not going to be disappointed. This is everything fans have been wanting and more. So go check it out. But Kyle... I think that's going to bring us to the close of the show. We didn't stick around long this morning. We're kind of doing this on a on a different day than usual, right? We're recording this on a Monday morning instead of over the weekend. So we're, we're pressed for time, but it is a holiday, which is why we were able to squeeze this in. So I think we did it. We got there. We're, we got we're to here. the end of the show. Right we got to the, to the end line. of the show. Right to the finish line. And as soon as you get to the finish line, you usually pull your pants off and whip out the pee-pee. Here it comes. Here comes the pee-pee, boys. I'm, uh, you know what? Instead of giving you a pee-pee pick this week. Is it, oh, it's, 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 is it worthy? Is it still a worthy pick? It's, this one's not gonna, this one's hardly worthy. But I do want to say we just dropped a really, really good episode of the Media Files with a new co-host, my buddy Dave, uh, was able to join us as we talked about the Sandman. And we've got some really, really good episodes coming up. We've got a book review coming up, new movies, new TV shows. There's a lot of good stuff on TV these days. And, uh, a lot of good episodes of the media files, but this this most recent episode, as we talked about the Sandman, is one of my favorite episodes of recent memory because I just think we had a very great, uh, really cool discussion. Dave's a really intelligent guy, and I was happy to have him on. Very very uh, gracious guest. So go listen to that new episode of the media files about the Sandman. This episode of the Max Level Podcast has been brought to you by RPGera.com. Please remember to leave us a rating and a review, regardless of where you're listening. If you want more of us, check us out on YouTube and Twitch and make sure you're subscribed or following at both places with notifications on. Links to where we can be found on social media as well as to our Discord server and all other important information can be found in the show notes for this episode.